Welcome to the Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to this episode of the Determined Mom Show. Today, I am talking with Amber Temerity Losey, and she is a digital marketing strategist. And we're going to talk about how to bounce back into blogging after burnout. So welcome, Amber. Thanks for having me, Amanda. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. And this is such a great topic in the beginning of 2021 when we're recording this, because like everybody got burnout in 2020 and we're all recovering (laughs) and all of the things. So Um, Yeah. So share a little bit about yourself and what you do, and then we'll go into the burnout recovery. Sure. Well, I have been blogging since I was a preteen. I was definitely one of those like angsty kids who had to like write out her feelings all the time. And so, you know, when, when we got our first computer, which makes me feel just a little too old for comfort. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember, you know, looking into just these different ways to share. And of course, back then it was called web blogging. And I just, you know, I was creating my own websites with GeoCities and learning HTML and then using Zanga and all of those old, I mean, even MySpace as we got, you know, moved, moved later into the 2000s. But it wasn't until my husband in about 2013 started talking about how he wanted to create a blog that would you know, help us retire when we were in our thirties and he wanted to be the next Pat Flynn or the next Mr. Money Mustache. And I was like, yes, let's, let's do that. That sounds great. You know, we were both working full-time jobs at the time. I had two kids under two and I was like, please let's retire ourselves (laughs) and just live and be with our kids. And he just kept talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And finally I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I've got the experience to make it happen. And so in November of 2015, even though I was working a full-time job, like I said, I had two kids under two. Uh, my youngest, my my daughter, she was still nursing. So I was dealing with that, not sleeping at night. Um, I said, I, I'm going to launch a blog and see what happens. And so I launched thriftyguardian.com, which is a frugal living site for millennial parents um, or guardians of children. And by April of 2016, it had taken off to the point where I was able to quit my career in higher ed and become the work at home mom that I am today. That's awesome. I love it. So your focus is primarily on the, the blog. Is that, you know, what you do or do you offer other services for people? At the time, it was primarily just the blog. I have a professional background in organizational leadership and marketing. And so I always thought, you know, I would just stick with the blog and uh, just kind of offer like e-courses on the side since I also had that background in education. And that first e-course, which is what led me to quitting my job in higher ed in April of 2016, one of those students came to me afterwards and said, do you offer one-on-one mentoring of any kind? Because I love your teaching style. I want to go even further. And so I like threw together a package, wasn't prepared for it at all. Um, but then it snowballed into now I offer services as, as a blogging mentor and digital marketing strategist so that other people can start profiting from their own experiential writings and bloggings and such. Isn't it funny how, you know, sometimes other people will kind of lead you on your path and you don't even know it? Oh, absolutely. If you had told me even 10 years ago that I was going to become, not only become a, a blogger, somebody who, you know, makes money as, which which is something I always wanted to do, right? I always wanted to be a writer, but if you had told me I was going to be making 
money to where I'm not working outside the home and then also teaching other people to do it. I I don't know that I would have believed you. Yeah. You know, I think one of the best parts of being an entrepreneur is allowing yourself to go where you're led, you know, absolutely not resisting and getting to that point where like, you're like, oh yeah, well, this feels right. You know, like just trusting your intuition and and just feeling things out. I love it. Speaking of blogs, let's talk about blogger burnout. So what are some reasons that people get burnout? And then let's talk about how we can uh, kind of recover from that. Yeah. You know, in my experience, I, I see a lot of people who jump into blogging thinking it's going to be an easy way to make money, right? Even, um, you know, again, going back 10 years, 10 years ago, it was, it was, it was a pretty simple, when you knew a few key aspects of it, when you knew about SEO and starting, if you you know got in on the, the on social media on Facebook and Twitter, you know, I, when it first really started kicking things off, blogging was a fairly simple way to start making money. And then again, if you kept going with it, you were going to see those profits keep rolling in. But now if you go into blogging thinking it's easy money, or if you even go into blogging thinking this is a way, like I'm going to make money from this, this is what's driving me, all of that, you're going to burn out because you're not going to see those profits, you know, even in those first six months, because I always want to throw in that caveat when I tell people my story of I was successful incredibly early on. I feel like because I had a professional background in, again, marketing, organizational leadership, social media, you know, education, I had a lot of those different components that added on to my nearly 20 years of experience with blogging led me to where I was able to hit four or five figures, you know, within that first year of being a blogger, being a work at home mom. But if I had gone into it thinking I have to make money from this. I have to, you know, hit X income within X months. I would have burnt out myself again, especially since I was working a full-time job and was dealing with, you know, my two little ones under two, it would have been exhausting. And so that's my, always my first, my number one tip with anyone that I hear wanting to, wanting to go into blogging is you can't lead with the money. You can't lead with wanting to profit from it. It has to come from a place of passion of, you know, leading with your creative genius of something that you love to do. Now, and here's where the tricky part is, is that you also have to be able to rein in that passion and that creativity to a certain extent. Because if you are someone like me, okay, I'm, I'm totally speaking from a place of experience here. If you are somebody who gets really, really, really excited about something and you just go all in and you're kind of doing it from a place of, again, un- unbridled passion. And, you know, you're just like, oh, I've got to make this happen. And you do it and you pour your heart and soul into it and you're staying up late. And all of a sudden, a week after it's done, you're like, oh, and you're catching your breath and you're like, okay, now I need to take a week off because I have exhausted myself. And so we always get to like these high peaks and we're right there and we're so close to making something beautiful happen. And then we burn ourselves out because we're not pacing ourselves. And so it really is this sort of balance of leading from a place of passion, but not letting the passion lead you. It is so powerful. And it could literally apply that same method to anything in your business or in your life or whatever, you know? Oh, absolutely. Any, any kind of entrepreneurial work, because you become, in my opinion, you're an entrepreneur because you are a creative genius in one form or another. That is how your brain works. You are creative. And as a creative, 
we have a tendency to, to kind of run rampant sometimes because we've got a thousand different beautiful ideas in our heads that we want to see brought to life. I want to ask you a question. I want to go back a little bit for the listeners that are not even aware of how people make money from blogs. Can you go through that just a yeah. little brief overview? There's so many different ways to make money with blogging. Like I said, I started out primarily with, I used a blog to build an email list. And then through my email list, I then launched an online course related to my blog. So it was called Life on a Budget. And it was similar kind of to what we're talking about today in time management, productivity strategies, but also touched on financial components. And so that was my first big moneymaker, if you will. But there's, of course, affiliate marketing. So referring products and services that you love, that you want your audience to love, that relate to your niche or industry. There's, of course, sponsorships. There's ads. There's eBooks. Um, you know, I've got a client who runs a Japanese food blog. And so one of her big money makers is she created first an eBook and then a full-on physical book, a Japanese cookbook. And so, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to make money with blogging, none of which I would ever say is passive, right? We hear that all the time. Oh, it's passive income. It, it never really is. But there's lots of ways to build up streams that you can automate to where they become passive-ish. And especially when you're first starting out, if you are able to really hone in on one stream at a time and build them up to, again to a place where they're strong, they're steady, again, you're pacing yourself, then those streams start to run themselves to where that that's when you hit $5,000, $10,000 a month and you don't have to be working 40, 50 hours a week. It's a great overview. And I think people that just visit blogs, it's like way different than knowing like how much work goes into the back end. And yeah, there's a lot, a lot involved. So I'm glad that you gave us that overview. Yeah. And you know, I, I hear a lot and I actually was talking to someone just the other day about how, oh, blogging is dead. And I think it's because we don't often think about these days, especially if you're not a blogger like me, when you're Googling something, what you're reading is technically a blog. Most companies, brick and mortar or strictly online have a blog. They might not call it a blog, right? We call it articles, call it posts, call it whatever you want to call it, yeah. uh, but they're blogs. And so you're right. It's, it's people don't, it's become so much a daily part of our lives, right? Because everybody Googles, I, I Google all day long, I feel like, mm -hmm. <laughs> that we don't stop to think about, oh, this is a blog and oh, there are ads and oh, this is a link that's leading to something that, you know, will earn this person a commission or, you know, there's so many components that again, we're kind of just blind to these days because it's been a part of our lives for years now. The other thing about that is that we're so used to how those ads show up and like, you know, like it's just kind of part of the landscape of a website, right? Mm -hmm. Seeing those ads just makes us think that we're on a website and not a blog, but a blog is a website. So how can we as bloggers create that consistency so we don't get burnout? My number one tip is always, always, always start with an editorial calendar. It is something that, again, as a writer, right? I, I literally, I majored, in, I always joke that I literally majored in blogging because I my major in college was experiential writing. Which again, fancy word for blogging, I think. And so I'm coming from at this from a place of being a writer and being somebody who loves to just sit down and write. You've got to have that structure in place because again, if you're somebody like me who just loves to sit down and write and you just love to let the creativity flow, that is great, right? That is a great place to start. But if you stop there, if you don't have structure in place, if you don't know what you're going to be writing a month from now, you're going to get stuck. 
And so you're going to end up coming to a place where all of a sudden you're sitting down and you're staring at that dreaded blinking cursor on a white screen and you feel pressured and your muse has turned her back and walked away from you. And you're like, what do I write about? What does my audience want from me? And so if you start from a place of an editorial calendar, not only can you kind of map out, okay, I know that in two months, I really want to push an affiliate for meal planning because it's back to school season and that's you know something that my audience is going to really want then you should be looking at what can you be writing in terms of long form content in terms of those blogs to lead up to that so that your audience is primed when you start pushing on social media on Instagram Facebook whatever as we get closer to that time where you're wanting to really push that that meal planning affiliate all of a sudden they're ready for it right they 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 know that you've been talking about meal planning they know that you've been talking about specific companies that you love you've been sharing maybe you're using one yourself at home they're investing now they're buying you they they're not even hesitating and so rather than all of a sudden oh it's back to school season and i really wanted to push this company you're not going to see people clicking through you're not going to see people wanting to make any sort of investment or engaging with you because all of a sudden it's like whoa where did that come from so the more that you can plan ahead the better i always say start with every quarter have an editorial calendar for the coming quarter. If you've got ideas for beyond that, awesome, write them down, but start with that quarter, try to get ahead there when you can and then let it build out from there. I love that strategy. Something cool about it is that it can be again applied to other things as well, like social media or, you know, um, podcasting or anything, just using that content and planning your content around your content helps a lot. I always say that even if you are not, nobody can see my like little air quotes, but just a blogger, mm-hmm. um, you should have a blog. Again, this goes back to all companies do, you know, you, if you think of any sort of company right now, I guarantee you, if you go to their website, they've got articles, they've got blogs, they've got whatever they're calling it because it's such an amazing tool not only for supplemental marketing efforts, but to be able to then pull out pieces for what you're going to put on Facebook or what you want to put on Instagram. It makes the time that you are spending on content so much less involved that then you don't risk bordering on burnout, that then you still maintain that, that excitement to keep moving forward without either, again, either going overboard or getting to a place where you've got writer's block and you're just stuck. Let's say I got burnout, right? And I have no ideas. Do you have any resources for us or anything that we can use to kind of like get our creative juices flowing again? Well, again, as somebody who has been there, done that, a number of times, right? I'm looking at, uh, actually in, in five days from the time of this recording, I will have, you know, given my notice to my nine to five, uh, five years ago. And so believe me when I say I have burned out myself, even, you know, it, it happens to all of us. And so the first thing that I would say is give yourself grace, give yourself the, the love to say, you know what, it's okay. It happens to all of us. And then from there, you know, personally, I'm have um, on my on amberlosey.com, I have an editorial calendar template that people can utilize with that comes with the training. It's like 20 minutes long. So it's not super intensive. It's not something that's going to take you hours and hours. It's a nice place to start fresh. And this goes for whether or not you feel like you're burning out or not. It's a nice place to kind of, again, take that step back, map out your content and look at where you want to grow over the coming months. And then beyond that, um, again, personally, I also have purpose planning and profits 
Habits, which is a P3 power pack for busy entrepreneurs. And so that's a toolkit that is comprised of everything from focusing in on your why and mindset and ideal client work to content creation, setting up structures, um, you know, implementing profitability systems, all of that good stuff to then the bigger components of marketing on Facebook and Pinterest and the like. And so, you know, those are all resources that anybody, any, whether you're again, just air quotes, just a blogger or any sort of entrepreneur you could take advantage of. But again, it, it comes back to regardless of whether you are investing your time, your money, whatever it is you're going to focus in on to get away from that burnout and start fresh, you've got to come from that place of grace and just recognize that it is okay to be tired. It is okay to feel like, to question yourself and to feel like, am I doing what I'm meant to be doing? Take that step back first before you dive into anybody's program, anybody's resources, and really sit down with yourself and give yourself that space to recharge as you need to. That's a really powerful mindset tip there. That's not a blogging tip, but that's a mindset tip. Do you have any other tips for us for recovering from burnout or anything that you want to share regarding that? I would say if you are somebody who really struggles with structure and what I'm about to say, a lot of people have had clients, especially that like shun away from this and like crinkle their nose and hate it. But if you are somebody who feels like you are allergic to structure, you need to structure your days. (laughs) Like If structure makes you want to break out in hives, that tells me all the more that you need to work on structuring. And you've got to be almost neurotic with it in that you should be planning out every minute of your day for the next week. And again, I know so many people are going to hear that and go, oh no, I don't think so. Yeah. (laughs) Especially if you've got kids, right? Again, I've got, my kids are now six and seven. I get it. It's not that easy, or at least it doesn't seem to be that easy. But when you have space in your calendar to where you are, okay, from, you know, eight to nine in the morning, I'm going to go on a walk with my kids. And then from nine to 10, I've got to record a podcast. And then from, you know, you're able to see at a glance what your next step is. So A, you're not losing time in transitions to where again, even if you're spending two minutes every couple hours going, oh, what am I doing next? That adds up quick over the course of a week. But also you're able to have that flexibility through structure comes flexibility and freedom. So if you know, okay, from nine to 10, I've got to be recording something, or I've got to, you know, I have a, an an appointment that I cannot break, but from 10 to 11, I would like to go on a walk with my kids. Mm -hmm. Then if that recording or whatever it may be runs over a little bit, you're not sitting there stressing going, oh my gosh, what was I going to do next? Am I, is there an issue here? Do I need to be reaching out to someone? It, it really, really relieves so much stress. And so I very much encourage anyone listening, but especially those who feel like the idea of scheduling out their day is just gross and no thank you, give it a try because it really, really does make all the difference. And you will be surprised at how much freedom and flexibility you have in knowing what comes next and how much you accomplish in a day that you wouldn't otherwise, because again, you're losing out on minutes and then hours over the course of you know a month spent in transition time, spent in time where you're like, okay, wait, what am I doing? And again, especially as a mom, uh, we, we've all been there, right? We, we walk yes. into a room and it's like, wait, 
what am I doing? Yeah. Why did I come in here? Uh, so you, you've got to give it a try. And then, and then, and then, and then that way, you know, too, what, what worked, right? What, what in my calendar did I stick to versus what did I keep pushing off and kind of then evaluate what, you know, do you need to structure a little bit more? Were you okay with structuring less? And you really find that system that works for you. Um, but again, I always come from a place of start hard, start crazy, start neurotic. Yeah, I love it. And I think it's a good example. We have 52 chances every year to kind of reevaluate what we're doing every week. And, you know, the sooner you feel like you can tune into what works for you, the better, right? Absolutely. Awesome, Amber. Well, thank you so much for sharing so much knowledge. I love the fact that not only can it be applied to blogging, but it can be applied to your social media strategy, your podcasting strategy, your whatever strategy. It can, everything that you've talked about can really help us in a lot of areas. So I love that. Well, thank you so much for having me, Amanda. It's been a great way to, to spend my morning. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And where is the best place on the internet for people to find you? Definitely visit me at amberlosey.com. Again, I have an opportunity there to get your own editorial calendar template going, um, as well as resources to connect further. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amber. This episode of the Determined Mom Show is brought to you by the Google My Business Optimization Workbook. In this workbook, you will learn how to optimize your own Google My Business listing to increase your calls, website visits, and your revenue. TDM Marketing has perfected the art of ranking small businesses on Google using only Google My Business listings over the past four years. We've helped hundreds of businesses get into the top three and the local pack. This workbook contains every step of our optimization process. We take a holistic approach and evaluate your ideal clients and service areas. This workbook will walk you step-by-step step through our exact optimization formula. This formula has helped hundreds of business owners to increase their revenue, brand awareness, and local and national service areas. Your ability to rank on Google is based on so many SEO factors on your website. With Google My Business optimization and management, you can take a much quicker route to get in front of your ideal, ready-to-buy customers without paying thousands for search engine optimization. You can grab your Google My Business optimization workbook at tdm-marketing.com.